1: like kobe in a fourth quarter this is the dane moore NBA podcast brought to you by the genesis company coming at you thursday afternoon it's october 26th i got Britt robson from min post here with me uh brit i just got finished re-watching uh the game from last night and i don't know if it, i went into the rewatch like overlooking for kat and rudy stuff because you know obviously that was a pretty major takeaway from the game last night watching it live was that man the cat and rudy stuff didn't look good it looked worse watching it back but again am i hyper fixating on on some of those teams i mean i are things i i know the excuses first game i do think toronto loki is a pretty bad matchup for right the, the way Certainly, the yeah they have a lot of you know. springy
2: wings right mm-hmm. so
1: i mean I, I don't i don't know there, there's obviously an ant element to all of this too but 24 hours ago, on a scale of 1 to 10, where were you at with your concern for the Cat-Rudy pairing and how that was all going to be work out this season versus kind of what's your 1 to 10 now, 24 hours later today? Did it change? I
2: think from 5 or 6 to like 8 or 9. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I've never thought... I said in the thing I wrote from Impulse that they gonna. it's going to be glitches. It, they are not going to work together. I mean, I've, I've been saying that for a long time now. Um, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, you know. Um, I just don't see how those two guys, we've seen them both on the floor, mm-hmm. seeing Rudy as long as we saw him individually on the floor without Cat last year, just reaffirmed to me how a guy like Cat mm-hmm. sharing the floor with a player like that is not a good mix. And then if you see Cat, you know, and you remember we've seen Cat for like seven years before Rudy got here. How does a guy like Rudy Gobert make Cat better on the floor? I mean, I just don't, but given all of that, I still think that they are a very good team. I think they win despite that pairing, not because of that pairing. I've always Mm -hmm. felt that. I mean, not always. I felt that way perhaps since the, infamous last preseason game of <laughs> the year when we actually saw them play together. But, you know. um Well, to me,
1: let, let me ask you about the, okay. the, the, the positive part of it, right? Like what I said to Kyle when, when we went on last night after the game was double big pairing looked terrible ant shot really inefficiently and they got boat raced in transition. Yet, I think to your point of the talent of the group, they were leading after three quarters on the road and ultimately only lost by three to probably like a, I think we predict Toronto to be a league average team, right? Maybe they'll. Yeah, I think they're
2: between like 37 and 40 wins at yeah. the East, you know, I, I feel like that was a winnable game that they lost because they have terrible court IQ in addition. I mean, I, I will tell you right now, even more than the big man pairing, which, you focused on. I just focused on the absolutely ridiculous decision making that happened all the time. I mean, the shot selection, cat driving in traffic and ignoring open threes, pump faking until he was covered, and then driving. I mean, you're just um and ant deciding he had to go one-on-four every third time down the floor. Um they have they don't trust each other at the end of the day. They don't trust their teamwork. And it's, it's, you know, I'd love to, I know I'm going to sound like a Finch apologist, but if you were a coach and you saw the preseason as we all did, what would you think? Would you think this team is actually ready to move the ball and to play as a team? I mean, that was the whole thing. Yes, I would have. Is that, you, yeah. 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 They looked really good. They looked like a team. They looked like they wanted to, move the ball around, share the ball, occasionally take their turn if they really felt like they, you know, were mm-hmm. on it for that particular time, particularly with guys like Ant. Um, and, you know, just it just they fell apart at the first sign of. Well, we know from two years ago when the Wolves played fly around that the nearest cop by far was Toronto. Yeah, Toronto plays the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Um, as the Wolves did two years ago. They pressure you, they put you into turnovers, and then they run. Um, And they don't play big, but they play uh, aggressively, and they they close out, they trap. Um, And so the Wolves should have known all that's going on. I mean, the scouting report on that kind of thing is take care of the ball. Don't make stupid mistakes that they're – counting on to take advantage of
1: to expose you in transition yeah
2: 34 to 12 in transition is why they lost the game at the end of the day and a lot of that transition came off really stupid shots and really bad positioning shots that were so bad that no one was in a position to get back because they thought the the play was was yet to unfold instead ant and cat were busy short-circuiting shot clocks And I don't know. I mean, in fact. Finch said after
1: the game that 75% of the transition defense problems in that game were about the offense, which I think is echoing what you're saying
2: there. Exactly. And and then another 25% is just simply not getting back, which is another thing they don't do. Um, It was very disappointing to me to see this because – I was thinking that Cat would be different because Cat was acting different. Cat was going to, you know, he he had a new mindset, you know. It really felt like he had a new mindset. He wasn't me in the glad-handing, you know, please don't kick me guy. And
1: basketball-wise, he looked different. He played a different style of basketball in FIBA this summer, too. I I don't – I mean, a lot of people seem to be making a lot out of, oh, he's been very different in the media. I don't. I don't take that to be a huge behavioral. I think it's change. very, very
2: difficult for him to do that. Yeah, so I, that's what, that's I, don't, I, I, I guess what I guess
1: what I'm saying is I don't care. I don't yeah. see that as a data point. It, that's just that's my uh-huh. opinion, uh-huh. It, or or a very uh-huh. small one. Right. I, I think, and and that's why
2: I'm he, reacting he, to the
1: basketball. Yeah, the FIBA, he
2: he was he was quicker to shoot the three and more confident to shoot the three playing the Uh, four look
1: it looked like you watch carl in the Dominican republic tape like right away the first game i watched of that i was like wow this is awesome they're playing him as a four they're putting some like six eight guy playing center the exact same way rudy does just shorter i'm like this is awesome reps and then carl looks great doing it and you're like wow can we copy and paste this into the season right maybe i don't know maybe fiba is not
2: the best well, I mean, thing to, you know,
1: to copy and paste. Uh, one game i i i don't know I and think we, we
2: do more. we do have you know the, the we have one game itis um although <laughs> i will tell you that um if they were like six and three and they lost last night i'd be saying the same things i mean yeah. they sucked out loud in terms of they're a better team than toronto by any measure other than execution they're a better team than toronto And the fact that they didn't execute because of stupidity and because of selfishness, you know, or ego, whatever you want to call, you know, ball hogging, stupid shots.
1: Um, I I mean, I I think that the term is basketball IQ.
2: Yeah, yeah. Then it's about
1: basketball and not... I don't think they're stupid people. Oh, I think oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, play, sure, That's sure, what sure. you're saying is they play yeah. basketball stupid. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah,
2: I mean, that. I don't think that they're dumb. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, I mean, but um, yes, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that clarification needed. <laughs> it is aggravating to see a team. Play the right way when it doesn't count. And as soon as it counts, play poorly. Play without any court IQ. That to me, I want Mike Conley to say something. I want I want an organizer. I want slow-mo. I want Finch. I want somebody to just not wait till after the game. Get in the huddle and say, what are you guys doing? Settle down. Share the ball. Um,
1: I'm just flashing back to Kyle and the Pelicans' <laughs> huddle. Exactly. <laughs> then well, I game mean, maker time. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, again, and, and to, Rudy was his usual stumble bum self, but he was also playing really hard and relatively effectively. No, really oh, he
1: hard. played really well. I, yeah. I, I would say if we're still talking about the Cat and Rudy part here. Um, I think – I think there's actually some credit to be paid to Carl, too. I think Rudy played a better game than Carl did. Right. Um, overall, they both played well when they weren't playing with each other at times. Um, I thought Rudy defensively was was really strong when he was out there with Nas or Kyle uh, as the four next to him. And then Carl, in uh, his first stint stint playing the five uh, in the first quarter there, when he's they did the stagger, they brought Carl back in for right. Rudy. Bam, post up next possession, three, next possession, finds Nas, next possession, post up, you know, and he's, he's score. I mean, he was effective in that time um, when, when he was at the five and that should be, that should be a weapon for this team this season. I think, I think I had to the Miami game on Saturday and it's like, man, if you can stagger it out and Carl's playing against Thomas Bryant in the, the second unit, like he should be able to eat on the block or wherever, you know, Um, but it's, he only ate, in the first game um, at the five, he had 19 points in the game. 14 of those came with Rudy off the floor. And the, the five he had with Rudy was one, a layup with three minutes left in the game. And then he hit that three with 0.3 seconds left in the game of of garbage oh, yeah. time. I mean, it yeah. was and and 20 of his 36 minutes were with Rudy. So he did all of his real individual offensive production, the good cat things, right, the best right. parts of his game, when he was out there by himself, um, which is
2: was maybe kind of predictable. And inevitably, and I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that it goes against all the financial shenanigans this team has pulled, I would have said, yes, inevitably, they're going to turn to slow-mo. Inevitably, Kyle Anderson is going to be the guy. He may have led the team in minutes played last night, for all I know. It certainly felt like it. (laughs) He certainly led the team in minutes played the second half. Yeah, Uh, he
1: played played 30 minutes overall. uh, Okay, how many
2: in the second half?
1: I can pull that up here, second half. He played 16, which – was okay. more than everyone other than Cat, Rudy, and Ant. He put Oh, okay, four- that's
2: four- funny. I thought he played more,
1: but anyway. Well, you felt him. Your point is, is you felt him, and you felt Finch feeling him. I mean, when yeah. things were bad, when the transition D got bad in the third quarter with with Cat, Rudy on the floor, boom, timeout, Kyle, into the game, right. closing lineup at the end of. I, I was kind of like, who's going to close this game? Because I felt confident reading the game script that that Finch was going to close with Kyle, and I'm like, well, what does that mean for? For Rudy or Cat, are one of them going to be sat? And then I-, I called it a half measure, which I think it was, by putting Kyle in there to close at the three, uh-huh. um, which is not going to be an option when Jaden's back. You know, yeah, like, I think
2: that was politics. I really do.
1: Yeah, and that I, I was real. I-, I knew we could feel that there was a legitimate argument for. Not closing with both of the bigs in, right. in that game, and and I, I tweeted it out at the time. I'm like, I'm really curious to see who he who he closes with because it's is it politics or is it you know the decision? And, and I don't know. I'm, we're not in Fish's yeah. head, but I mean, it's you know, like on, politics. Right? On the other
2: hand, Ant missed a wide open shot, and Cat missed a wide open shot yep. in in the like the the last possession where they really mm-hmm. had to had to get a score. Uh, they had two good looks from their two best scores and it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I get what you're saying. And um, the doubling down, not only in terms of Kat and Rudy, but in terms of Nas and any reasonable person has to look at their, their bottom line, their, their payroll sheet and say, how the hell are you going to afford Carl Kyle Anderson? Yeah. You know, and, and meanwhile, yet again, you know, despite the fact that it's the worst look for them, that he is the best player on the floor, he was the best player on the floor.
1: <laughs> um, I so so you know, like going back years, you know, like three, four yeah. years, like I, I've always had a curiosity about a real rim protector next to Cap, you know, way before Rudy
3: uh-huh. was never,
1: you know, considering that. You know, when Miles Turner's name was out there every single deadline right. for the 2020s, I was like, ah, I'd be curious to see what I, you know. I'd be interested in that, right? Right. Um. Uh, next to Cat, so like, I cop to having been a person who was curious, and probably if it were me, would have made a Giddy Center look next to Carl. I I, uh-huh. I would have done that too, but I was thinking about it just because they played Jakob Purdle, and I'm like, speaking of half measures, like. Just what if it would have been a half measure and you just went and got a Jakob Pirtle Right. Rather than, you know, rather than a Rudy. And it's like Rudy's for sure better than Pirtle And Rudy played well in this game. I, I really yes. I think I, I, I think I'm higher on Rudy's game last night than, than you were. But I'm I'm No, about I actually this thought globally. it was I thought it was good. I
2: thought you're not gonna change some things. My opinion of yep. Rudy is similar to my opinion of Cat and Rudy, sure. which is that uh it's it's not what it should be. It's not no. what they're paying for, but it right. will, it can, it can suffice under most circumstances.
1: So, just back to, to wrap the, the Pertle thing, it's like, yeah. So, I, I'm thinking about it naturally because they're playing him. I'm like, that's a very, they're very similar archetypes of players, right? Pirtle and Gobert. And, and I looked it up. I'm like, what, what did they give up again for, for Pertle? It was like a first and two seconds at the deadline last year. When he was on an expiring contract, like that was right. a pretty hefty p- price to pay right. and then they re-signed him to a 4-year 78 million dollar contract, 195 every year, which is less than half of what Rudy will be making every one of those years and probably for about a fifth of the draft capital that oh, yeah. the right. that the that the Wolves paid, you know. Um it's uh, it's in these times when it doesn't look good that this is when my mind and other people's minds wander there, but it's just, it's a, it's a tough blow to start the season um, with as bad as the, the two of cat of cat and Rudy look together. And I think it's only natural, natural for your mind to kind of wander into like, (laughs) why did this? Well,
2: (laughs) this brings me back to what I keep trying to say, which is, Purdle doesn't care if he doesn't shoot. Yeah. I mean, I really, you get that vibe from him on the court. He knows what his role is. He works at his role. He does what he does. If yeah. he gets the ball, he's kind of surprised. And at the same time, he has a good floater, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. he, and, and no you know, shot. Uh, uh, I don't think that Cat would be trying to force the ball down to him
1: you don't think you know, there would have been know, like twelve no high kind. lows to Brutal? Yeah.
2: What you know the hell I mean. Was that? And so again, that's what I'm saying is that um reputations and fit are two different things and both have an impact on talent. Um if your fit is bad, your talent isn't as good. If your yep. reputation forces things that shouldn't happen. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I do think that one of the draws, one of the draws the Wolves made toward Gobert is, hey, we're going to use you. We're going to unlock your offense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I which, thought we were
1: over that, man. I, I really did.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, honestly, and. and Maybe it was just simply because there were occasions last night where he was one of the better offensive options, quite frankly. That's but right. at the same time, um, it look, <laughs> at the half court, how many times was it a single action or two actions rather than just a little bit of probing? How often did they try to probe? Or how often did they try to get Toronto to overcommit on that defense? They had no baiting at Mm -hmm. all of that defense. They did not play intelligently in terms of understanding what Toronto wanted to do and using Toronto's aggressiveness against them, which is what teams that beat the Wolves two years ago used to do all the time. You know, I mean, you can do that. You had a guy like Mike Conley on the floor, you get, you know, uh, people like Cat and Ant. I mean, you have the talent to basically move the ball around and s- stay disciplined. Probe, probe until somebody overcommits, and then pounce. I mean, you can do that. And um it wasn't
1: structure or flow last night.
2: No, no. But more than anything else, I thought it was. uh last season see how good we are no it was also kind of like even more than last season it was like we're going to prove that last season wasn't anything at all because we're so much better this year right and i'm going to show you right here you know rather than this is what we do that's different than last season swing 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 you know right give me some passing you know i mean it just uh, over six from the bench in the first half seven assists and seven turnovers in the first half and that was the better half of the two they played. I mean, that's what's crazy.
1: Quick break here. Today's show is uh, brought to you by Falling Knife Brewing Company. Um, I heard it was packed there for for the season opener um, on on Wednesday night. And again, um, they will have the the game on for the home opener. If you're not going to that that game. Uh, they are however having a halloween party that night simultaneously <laughs> so it's it's one of those where the game's gonna be on but if you show up in your wolves gear and you see somebody dressed up like a banana or something you know it's it's halloween weekend but uh falling knife is uh the place that we're always uh, pimping on here to to go check out the games um if you're wanting to watch with wolves fans and it might be halloween but uh but I do think that will be a fun game uh, to watch with other people. So that's Falling Knife Brewing Company in, uh, in Northeast Minneapolis. And then also uh, one more quick announcement. We are giving away those uh, two tickets uh, via the Genesis Company to the game on November 1st against the Denver Nuggets uh, to register to be in the, the raffle for those. Just send us a, mef- a message um, on Patreon if you're a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com. Slash Dane Moore MBA. We will uh, get that in quickly. We will pick, be picking uh, the person who will be going to that game again. It's a section one ten lower level, kind of middle of the court. They're really nice seats. Um, so, so get your name in there for that, um, and we will let you know if you have been selected for the game on November first against the Denver Nuggets. Um, all right, Britt, Let's uh, let's talk about Ant a little bit yeah. here. Uh, I think that is the we, we can we. I did hyper fixate on, on Kat and Rudy, but a big part of, of the story of last night's game is crazy. It's as it sounds, given how hot he started scoring the first 10 points right, right. Of, of the game for the wolves, it's, it's crazy to look at his stat line uh, at the end of the night and see eight for 27 from the field while he shot four for seven from three. So it was four for 20 from two point range. Um, it was I, I put down in my notes, just you cautioned about this kind of exact type of game happening uh, in your in your season preview where I, I think you nailed it. And Ant has clearly ascended like Ant is better than than he was last season. There's some danger about that being a double edged sword, right, where right. he can kind of stab himself in the foot with that, obviously, by taking some some bad shots and maybe not. Uh, moving the ball in the way that this this team needs him to do um, yeah it was it was kind of exactly that it was way too much ant show with uh, way way too little uh, effectiveness shooting from the field in a
2: Please. classic ant fac- fashion he owned all of it of course after the game yeah. uh, and I wonder what the statute limitations on that is going to be you know I mean I, I wonder um, if in like year seven, When it goes, oh yeah, you know, I did that. That's all on me. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. at some point in time, accountability only works if the Mm -hmm. behavior changes. Yeah. You know, um, if the behavior doesn't change, then the accountability becomes emptier over Mm -hmm. time. It becomes a way to, uh, shut down real scrutiny Mm -hmm. instead of saying, oh, um, ant needs to atone for this you can say well ants already taken account for this so we don't have to we can drop the subject now um and i don't know i'm not there yet because he's 22 years old and i think he is game one yeah you know carrying the mantle of uh he he is the guy to anybody outside of the twin cities um who has any doubts at all uh who this team is, and I know we're not supposed to talk about who this team is, but there are two timelines, and there are clicks. They're not clicks that exclude other people, mm-hmm. but there are clicks that naturally have come together. I mean, Nas and Jaden McDaniels have worked out like year, you know, during the off season mm-hmm. with poor Nate Knight as the third a few a few seasons, <laughs> but. I mean, they really did have a thing where they, you know, if you get in the gym, you know, in the middle of the summertime with people and no one's thinking about basketball at all and you're working on your game in anticipation for what it's going to be like three or four months down the road, that's a bond. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jaden and Nas have it. And Ant kind of joined it this summer and kind of knew about it anyway, just because Jaden and Ant and Nas are close and yeah. they're really, you know, and they're the same age. And let's face it. Uh, Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert, uh, and Carl Anthony Towns, that's the other star performers on this team. Um, you look around, you, those other three are going to congregate themselves. They're the ones that are going to, you know, be interested mm-hmm. in, you know, what the latest thing that, you know, hip hop is dropping right now or whatever, or, you know, what's streaming in some place or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so good,
1: good pop culture references
2: there. <laughs> sure, I think I'm probably dated myself. This is yeah, this is yeah, what 24 year olds do. The direction. Streaming. I think streaming's cutting in. <laughs> <Yeah>, that's interesting. <laughs> you heard my hesitation, didn't you? I, I did. I wanted, wanted to let. I wanted to see where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just hip to the new vibe. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, so obviously. <laughs> so guys like Rudy and Carl and, and Slowmo and everything are like younger than me, but probably feeling that way to them, you know? Uh,
1: three of 17 from mid-range for Ant, Brett. Yeah. 17 of them. 17 I mean,
2: mid-ranges after Finch said, you know, what we really want to do is, you know, reduce the mid-ranges.
1: And and he's historically been a really like really bad. Mid range shooter, yeah, better at three, better yeah. three than from two. <laughs> I mean, so it's like three for seventeen is eighteen percent. Yeah. but his career average is thirty four percent. So it's exactly. like,
2: so if mean, he hit three or four more, he would have been on on his two pace. or three more, two yeah, or three right, more is what right, that would have right.
1: been. I mean, which I guess if you just do the math directly like that you know that wins the game right <laughs> if
2: you get yeah,
1: well, if you get four or six more points but but the the, the thing to focus on is the 17 there yes, i mean that's exactly. what the hell 17
2: mid-range shots is you know demar de would be embarrassed <laughs> he
1: he averaged uh he averaged 5.7 mid-range shots per game last year which was too many you know we we came right, in and Finch right. said that i mean like it it was too, it's it's just whatever like that can be cold right like you can get away from some of that but there was there were a couple what, what i noticed a little bit more of was like intention from him of starting in the mid-range which mm-hmm. is kind of like one possession stood out to me it was like a it was a post-up my right? it's like semi-transition post up to him and you know he kind of gets it in the mid-range there, looking for it. and he actually does like pass it to rudy but rudy is two feet away from him because he's posting up. And then like Rudy tries to drop it off to Carl, and then that was oh, uh, probably, yeah, that, right, got yeah. stripped in yeah. the flail. And yeah, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. and I, I don't know. Maybe Carl did I,
2: no I no no. I don't no, know no. if he
1: got fouled, but that it's you know that it's going the other way. And and I mean, Ant shouldn't be shooting that many mid-range shots, not just because of like analytics, but because you have two players on your team that occupy that space, Rudy occupies that space. Um, and Carl as a driver or cutter, two things he's really good at occupies that space as well. Um, it's just, I I think at some point in Ant's career, that's a valuable thing to have in the bag, you know, Devin Booker style at, at, at some point, but that makes more sense it makes more sense for Devin Booker to do that in the roster constructions that he's been a part of in Phoenix, more so than it does for for Anthony Edwards. Not to mention,
2: but let's get. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably no, 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 no. no. You were going to say, Um Devin Booker makes them. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, <at> <laughs> that is what I was going day, to say.
2: <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. uh If you're shooting three for seventeen. That means at some point in time, you're like two for eight, two for nine.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It's time to stop. If you're two for nine and your team is going down this drain offensively, have the self-awareness to say, hey, some of this is on me as like the team's resident superstar. The one's been crowned like king of the NBA this year. Uh, Maybe I should stop missing mid-range shots. Mm-hmm. uh and and see if there's a better look than me missing mid-range shots out there on this possession that's what i mean about stupidity i mean it it comes back to have some self-awareness about what the other team is doing and how you can counter it and how you yourself are best able to counter it and mm-hmm. it isn't by shooting all the time and in if you have the gravity and he has the gravity um give it to somebody else and one of the reasons that Kyle Anderson is always effective is because I really think he looks at the floor solely in terms of who's open and who isn't mm-hmm. and and goes to the open man I mean a lot of people get assists from uh Somo that are not like your stars um it, I, it just, I don't know, I, and I I guess I want to reiterate that Mike Conley was an invisible man last night. He, yeah. You know, he had he hit some nice threes early, and, um, you know, he didn't play a bad game, although Schroeder got off, I think, led the team. For it was more years.
1: like Conley right after the trade deadline, Conley.
2: Yeah. All I know is that he needs to be more of a leader. He need, he's one of the intelligence gatherers on that team, when the team has a poor court IQ, it's up to him to remind them how to be playing smarter. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he did that enough. If he tried, then apologies. And, you know, it's a shame they don't listen to him, but whatever happened out there, somebody has got to be the adult in the huddle and, and do something about it. And I know, you know, there were already a bunch of Finch, Haters in my my timeline about you know how he's you know not doing this or that, but I don't know. I repeat that you know they look good in the preseason, and uh, Finch had every reason to believe, and Finch did so. Let's talk about this for a minute. Yeah. Finch Finch sat uh, Carl before Rudy, which was new. Yeah, and he played Troy Brown an early. Thing and I don't think that I think that was Shake Milton being so bad right away. Or well, I something. think that
1: I think the Troy Brown was Jaden not playing right he, and needing and I guess wanting to add another person to the rotation. I guess
2: that's it. Yeah, although you I don't know, think Troy
1: played in the did Troy play in the second half? I don't think so.
2: No, he didn't, but but my point is is that uh, I mean, Jaden was hurt the last four preseason games and yeah. uh. And Troy Brown didn't necessarily get a lot of burn in those either.
1: So. I, I think it was well. I think what kind of you know messed it up was to to the kind of the bench point in which yeah you have you're struggling with the Cat and Rudy deal right. offensively. Right. Ants not making shots. You know that's the time where you want the next guys. You know right. you, you mentioned Conley. I would say could have got more out of Nas. Uh, in this game, but really, like the the bench, you didn't get anything from Shake, right. uh, and so in the third quarter, you kind of did. I Actually, you, he yeah. he
2: he began. To, I think he he um, he was nice in the third. Uh, one yeah. of the weaknesses is that, um, and Finch and others do this in the front office. I think, and certainly Finch does this. Says, I think this guy is X. Well, that doesn't mean he is X right away. Mm. You know, I mean, Finch thinks that Shake Milton is a point guard. Um, He might be, but he's not an immediate backup point guard. He he did not look like a point guard out there his first stint, you know. And so maybe think about the fact that the guys played point guard, according to basketball reference, 10% of his minutes in his Mm. first five years in the league, and now he's with a new team in this new role, um, Mm maybe – uh, you know, put some better ball handlers out with him or something. I don't know. I mean, but not have a, you know, not rely on him uh, necessarily to be a point guard right away. Although, again, it may be, again, this microscopic look and that he, mm-hmm. it's just first game jitters and he'll be fine. But because he did get better, he, he had a much better second well, half.
1: You, you remember that uh, when Jim Pete talked about how good Nas is operating out of the corners? Yes. yes remember that and when it was it was not that was shakes pass it was shake which shakes kind of thing is that like baseline drive he's got that seven one wingspan where he yeah. kind of like goes out of bounds but not out of yep. bounds yeah slung it to nas there and nas takes him off the dribble there like that it's like that type of playmaking creation i feel is really bankable from shake but i think to your point it's not the traditional like at the no, top of the key. Yeah. Yes. I think in the half court, like at the top of the key, just from having watched some of the Philly stuff, I think when he's doing that, he's more of a scorer. And mm. he's more of like a off ball playmaker when what Finch wants him to be is an overall playmaker. Uh-huh. And then maybe or a, a point of attack playmaker and then maybe more of a shooter off ball. Um too. So I, I think the, the glass half full on shake is figuring out his role. Right. You know and he's got an
2: NBA body. It's nice to have that kind of size in the backcourt when you sure. want, it to, want it in the pitch. I mean, that's something they didn't have. Noel Forbes and Rivers, none yes. of those guys were large last
1: right. year. Mm-hmm.
2: And so it's good to have somebody, you know, who can knock around. And Pat Babbitt. I mean, so this team needs some size,
1: man. Yeah.
2: Well, they – and that, <laughs> you know, kidding. we haven't talked about the physicality, which was yeah. awful in the second quarter. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it just – in the third quarter, for that matter – and being uh, big
1: doesn't make you physical. I mean, that's what we learned last season. I think this group can be physical. Um, that, that, you know that's when they win because of their size is when they are both big and physical, which happened so few times, you know, last season. And to win the high 40s amount of game, more than 45 right, games, right. like you're gonna need to impose that size, you know. And you know what's interesting is
2: who, who, who led an attitude for this team last year? Led in what? Who had the attitude on this team last year? The Who physical? was the enforcer? Oh, TP. TP. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. they could have Well, they could have. The mm-hmm. oh, they, they definitely could have. Uh, you know, it it is a shame that so many things. I mean, the things that you thought you had in your pocket and you were looking at the things that were sketchy. Um, The sketchy things were sketchy, but the things you thought you had in your pocket were sketchy too. And so uh, I didn't think this team was going to miss Torian Prince because I thought they, they put some good pieces into, you know, what was going on.
1: And that might still be the case. And
2: that might still be the case, but a guy who can knock down threes, play in transition and cop an attitude are the three things that Torin Prince does, you yeah. know? No, and true. all of those w- would have come in really handy.
1: I uh, I saw this floating around out there, kind of as a disproof. Like they, they the Wolves starters had a eighty one three offensive rating, which you know that means that they scored eight points per right. per possession or per game, pretty much. hundred yeah.
2: possessions is a game.
1: Yes, um, and. And that is a a crazy low number. The the worst offensive rating in the NBA last season was Charlotte at 109.4, which is a big step up from that. But I would caution to remind people that when Cat and Rudy shared the floor last season, not an insignificant sample size, they had an offensive rating of 107.5. They were a terrible, terrible, terrible offensive team when Carl and Rudy shared the floor last season, worse than Charlotte. Um, so, I don't know. Like, yeah, eighty-one-three is a terrible offensive rating, too. But it it's it just not- means that everybody oh, yeah. else didn't do anything either. You know? Yeah. But, and and but this is why this team was twenty-third in offensive offense last season.
2: And like, what we need do to remember- you think? I mean, because individually, Rudy Gobert did not look bad on offense last night. And at the same time, I mean, we need to break this down a little bit if we can. Let's do it. Um, because what is Gobert denying his teammates on offense by being on the court? I think one of the things he's denying them is fluidity because he does own a particular circle around the basket that is it's, – it's almost – it's like – Rudy has his turf, he he covers on defense, and less obviously, but still tangibly, I think, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: he has his turf on offense, too. Uh, You know, I mean, you're not going to kick him out the way you might just automatically kick Vando out or something, you know. Um, And, you know, you don't want to slight him at the same time if you – He has led the NBA in field goal percentage and has done really positive things on offense, albeit in a system that was grooved to him um, at both ends of the court. I just don't understand. um, Cat and Rudy should not be as bad as they are together on offense as they are. And I don't know why that is. I
1: I mean it's a lot of reasons. It's they're in each other's way. There's not a there wasn't a structure in place that I felt balanced that out last night. I mean, I think that's just the necessary thing here to make it work with Rudy, which might not be the best thing for Cat or individually or might not be the best thing for Ant, but I mean, you need to have more structure in the offense to make it work for Carl and Ant if they're on the floor with Rudy. Like that that that's why we're you know, we're talking about the ant post up, the mid range is all that like the reason they're playing from that range all the time or getting tough floater range shots is because they're in each other's way. You know, and they, they could have made a lot more of those. They, they make a, I mean you, you run that game back like on the other hand. You, making
2: area, a but, lot of floaters is not going to win you any rings.
1: Yeah. Yes, but maybe not floating it over Rudy's head as many times as you did. It's, it's everything that they did in that, you know, right. sub-15-foot range. The focus
2: on Gobert is, is the easy part for me to see as being damaging. Uh, I'm just trying to understand, I mean, all the ways that are um, – I mean, we talk about Gobert's, his very presence creates a better defense – well, does his very presence create a worse offense? I think for the Wolves it has.
1: Yeah, it, uh, but it but it wouldn't if you went five out. But that, you know, you don't want to do that because you have Anthony Edwards who is this slasher. You don't want to do that, or Finch doesn't want to do that because he doesn't want to stick Carl in the corner uh, in that sort of way. But I think ultimately, this they're going to have to come to a decision on whether or not they're going to tweak the offense more towards making that work with Rudy in the mix or, or not. And, and, and last night it was, or not, you know, they right. were, whenever they got stuck and things were in the way, it was like, all right, let's try another high low. And, or, you know, or Carl had different opportunities where he could have just taken it all the way himself and, and missed him.
2: I don't understand the logic behind. And Finch says this a lot. He says, Carl is much better than somebody you just stick in a corner. Well, if you put it that way, sure. You know, I mean, this is a shit assignment. We're not going to give him a shit assignment. Well, what happens if the quote-unquote shit assignment actually is a pretty good assignment for this particular guy? You know? I mean, if Cat makes six threes from the corner, what does that do for the rest of the offense?
1: Well, and and it's only, again, last night, 20 minutes with Rudy, 16 minutes without him. Right. It's not going to be in the corner in the 16 minutes without him. Right. So it's like, I don't know. Could it be the 10 of the minute, half the minutes you're with Rudy, half the possessions Ru- you're with Rudy. It's more of a perimeter orientation for Carl, which it is, you know, but his orientation is perimeter at the top of the key, yeah. not the, the corner.
2: And and he's always been a great top of the key shooter. And he was terrible mm-hmm. last night. And he never looked like he was in a rhythm. Um he never had his usual cat thing going on, and mm-hmm. I don't know why that was. A couple of times, I, I just don't understand the upfakes. One of the things that used to be really cool about Cat was his catch and release, really, really quick catch and release. Yeah. Um, and his first impulse was to was to fake that last night. And it wasn't in FIBA. No. And, and, and I think it was to basically judge – I think he wanted to to put it back down and take it on the deck, or catch people jumping around at the upfake and hit the you know the low man. I mean, Cat's first two dimes were wide open lamps yeah. for his for his teammates, mm-hmm. and uh, it got progressively Rudy worse. First. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It got progressively worse after that. And uh, do you
1: remember on the broadcast, Grady saying? Carl just walked by the table and told us he's going to the basket for the rest of the night.
2: <laughs> I had forgotten about that, but I mean, cause I was busy watching the game, but that's an absurd statement, isn't it? it, it
1: I mean, it, it depends on who, like, yeah. If it was the 2018 19 team where you're surrounded by four guys on the perimeter, no, by I'm all
2: means. The fact that- I did he mean it literally? I mean the, the crazy thing about it is the offense is. <laughs> I'm going to the glass every possession from now on. I mean, oh well, you know. I hope your teammates know that. You know, I mean, it's like holy shit. Think about that for a second. You know. Um,
1: I, no, I know. Well, and what yeah. happened shortly thereafter? They started getting boat raised in transition. Yeah, you know. So it's. They don't, here's the thing. It's not that they can't make this work. I think Finch actually feels pretty confident that there are ways in which to make this work. He, I is don't a, think the players do. I don't think the players know mm-hmm. what that is, particularly the main ones, Ant and Cat. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're hearing what Finch says. But, you know, there's like that difference between like, what is that, being a visual learner or a hands-on Absolutely. learner? You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Yep, mm-hmm.
2: I know exactly what you mean. And I hadn't thought of it that way before, but I, I think it's really worth, considering because Finch is a true believer about it. I mean, when you speak to him, he half convinces you, just like he half convinces his players, I guess. But um, at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to execute it. And if they don't execute it or they find their teammates not executing it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if doubt creeps in or – It's an important time. They cannot stumble out of the gate too badly.
1: Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. For me, this time of year, my schedule gets a little crazy in the evening with all the games. So we over here in my household, we will be doing HelloFresh this season. And I like HelloFresh because it saves that time of needing to go to the grocery store. But it also keeps what I'm eating fresh, diverse, different things. There are over 40 different recipes to choose from. HelloFresh does all the shopping and meal planning for us. The ingredients arrive pre-portioned, ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. Those help me. I'm not a great cook. Also, HelloFresh is going to save me money. Uh, again, at this time of year, I'm normally ordering a lot of takeout just to be quick. But with HelloFresh, what I'm eating is going to be healthier than what I typically order for takeout. And HelloFresh's prices are 25% cheaper than takeout. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 more and use code 50 dane more for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash the numbers 50 Dane Moore and use code 50 Moore for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: They're going to catch Miami the night after the Heat play the Celtics. There's only one game that's really circled in that twosome for Miami, and it's going to be the Celtic game. I mean, whatever happens the next night, if they beat the Celtics, they'll be okay with it. So um, that's a winnable game against a a very good opponent. It's a good test of can you be the type of team that gets – uh luckily low-hanging fruit. Um and if they don't win that game, you know, they get the Celtics soon, I think within the first week or two. Uh that is well, a bad. let's
1: talk about Miami. This I, right. I watched I watched their right. game last night. Yeah, uh, they
2: almost they almost blew it.
1: Yeah, they, they did. Um what what stood out to me, I'm mean, you know, I'm kind of watching it through the lens of like
2: yeah how do they match up Playing the against wolves. The,
1: the wolves and um, so it's you know, they again don't really have size. They right. bam. Right. Um, and then and then it's Kevin Love who who actually I would just or what I noticed watching the game, you remember how he just felt like really like a role player role player um, mm-hmm. for Miami after the deadline what? in the playoffs last year. He's more of a feature of that team now. Interesting. It, 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 it was for, for the game against Detroit, at least, um, which to me signals like more of a commitment, you know, to, to playing him, which in the context, again, of the Wolves, like the three bigs they're really going to face are Bam, Love, and Thomas Bryant. And that's a lot of opportunity, I think for for the wolves to capitalize. Obviously yes. not as much on Bam, but in ways like Rudy's like five inches taller than Bam too. Like right, right. He can have his situationally can can be effective against him too. I, I just think this Miami game is a real opportunity for the bigs to bounce back, just given the way the way the Miami roster um is is constructed.
2: Yes. Um how did they shoot the three last night?
1: uh you recall I, mean, I i have it right here it Miami shot eight of 22 30 24 okay. well, yeah you
2: know kind of average are yeah, they but still, volume are they still playing a lot of zone did you notice
1: um no not a, it was not as i mean i'm watching at like midnight last right, night sure so I, I wasn't super but but no right. i i normally would, would pick up on that some i don't i don't think so in that game uh as much it was You know, it was it it was kind of the the same usual characters. They got like Jaime Jaquez in the mix now to Duncan Robinson came off the bench. Caleb Martin, they start Kyle Lowry, Tyler, Hero, Butler, Kevin Love, Bam. I I think the the one thing I wrote down, I was like the Jimmy Butler, like pump fake pivot thing. He has gotten so good at that, Mm -hmm. but he is obsessed with it now. Like every <laughs> single you know what I'm talking about He's kind yeah, of that like yeah, little ninja stance, yeah, you know. What I'm talking about? Move, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was just so much of it and he's just because he's
2: so strong. I mean, so I think strong. he 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 figures
3: mm-hmm.
2: most people figure, all right, if I get my man up in the air, I'm going online for two. Mm-hmm. He figures if he gets his man up in the air, he's getting an N one.
1: Yeah, because I mean, he really,
2: it. really thinks he can go through anybody, and he can go through people much better than most players.
1: He might uh, be better than DeRozan at it now, who has yeah. been the gold standard, right? right. The, I, I was just, I mean, again, watching one, one game there. No, but.
2: but he, I mean, that's why he does so well in the playoffs, where you need hard fouls to mm-hmm. get the whistle, right. and he, he, he coaxes hard fouls, and so, uh, you know, the idea of, <laughs> I mean. What'll be interesting is that Gobert still doesn't foul that much. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was always—I was a helpful reminder in my Finch interview that that is a, a strength of his. For Sure. And um, and and so you you do wonder, like, what would Shake Milton be like on Butler or something? Would that be the kind of guy? You know, he wouldn't have to. Uh, I'll
1: tell you who it can't be. It can't be Ant. No, because he's gonna he's gonna get ant with those pump. He, I mean, he got like yeah. Jaden yeah. Ivy like right. so many times in that game. You know, yeah. yeah. It, but it, it's also like, I mean, Jay, say Jaden's back, like that. That's the Jaden matchup, right? Yeah, and that then would you be go, interesting.
2: That would be interesting because uh, you know, Jaden is gonna be old. You know, Jaden gonna be. Already missed a game, anxious to prove the contract. That may not be a great matchup for him either. But
1: what, but what are the what are the alternatives? Because I don't well, I mean, I do
2: think I mean Shake's coming off the bench, but uh, I like the idea of somebody 6'5", 230 rather than I mean, that seems to me to be like the right mm-hmm. proportion. Uh, somebody yeah. who's built like Butler, only a little mm-hmm. bit bigger. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No,
2: I I think I think Shake would be. Uh, I think Bam Adebayo was actually the. Perfect guy to go on Jimmy Butler. To be
1: honest, with you. <laughs> well, he is not on the Timberwolves. <laughs>
2: right.
1: It's, I mean, and we learned this right away in in Game One against Toronto. I think every, I think every matchup, it's worth talking about, like who Cap gets put on. They ultimately yep. decided to put him on Barnes, at least to you know to right. start the game. Uh, they they put Ant on Siakam. To start right. the game, which I found right. uh, interesting, Nikhil ends up and starting uh, on in,
2: on the on the point guard.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and shooter, and and then it was it was Conley chasing Ananobi. So I wonder, do they put Conley on Love? Ooh, again, probably. You know, who does Coral guard?
2: Yeah, it's not going to be Kyle Lowry.
1: <laughs> I do So it, it, it's just right. every game you you like put it up there. You put the two five there,
2: and you, there you won't the title it won't be Tyler Hero either. I mean, so yeah, you're. Right. It's it's probably you know what, Cat's probably got to guard Love. I think I would put. Yeah, it has to be. I was going to say I'd rather I'd rather see Cat on Bam, but then who does Rudy guard? And it can't be Kevin Love. <laughs> so yeah yeah, 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 you're right, right, right. So mm-hmm. I yeah. wonder if Rudy could float. Could you get away with a float?
1: On that? Might be a good zone game. Uh-huh. No, how would you get away with the float? There's there's four other shooters. Well, I mean, you know? how
2: let's how good obviously Hero and Lowry yeah. love, love, I would make love hit a few before I
1: mm. he was he I mean again, just one game, but he he was taking them confident. I mean, he's a really good three-point shooter. I don't there's not a dare guy. The reason they put cat on Barnes, this is the, probably the bigger takeaway, right? Mm-hmm. They chose to put cat on Barnes because that was the least threatening three-point shooter. That's yeah. the the ideal cat matchup is a guy who can't really shoot the three and isn't a huge threat off the dribble. Barnes has some of that off the bounce game. Right. And that was what made me be like, eh, I'm not sure they're going to actually go with that. Um, but in this matchup, the one non shooter is the five. And so I think you got to put, I think you got to put Rudy on them, but it yeah, might be, it might, do, be his own might be his own game. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and it'll be a tired team probably. I mean, yeah, and, and maybe Boston can wave out.
1: I mean, how many of those guys that that's probably the bigger thing here is love going to play in both games? of The back to back is Jimmy, it's right. right. Lowry, you know. Now, now you right, start right and you start seeing you get some, into that thin bench. Yeah, he's like, is RJ Hampton going to play? Is Orlando I and mean, like,
2: and Vincent?
1: Yeah, man, totally. So what's like, that
2: backcourt like now?
1: No, well, I mean, it was somebody named Drew Smith played, uh, yeah. you know, like it, right? It, it, right. So it it. Yeah, I mean Miami, Miami got they they got worse in the offseason from a I roster agree. standpoint because right. you know they're bank banking on Dame and let right. Struce and Vincent or had to let Struce and Vincent walk. Right. Actually very similar to like the Conley and Anderson thing, if you think about it. Uh-huh. With like the tax implications <laughs> and all that, right? It's like right. you yeah, gotta right. let them go. Um but yeah, I mean we'll we'll see how how that kind of plays out with the who they play against Boston versus who they play here. Um, against against the Wolves on Saturday. Quickly, before we wrap, just, like, any, any random thoughts on, like, opening night or other games you've watched? I, I put down a Kogi exclamation point. <laughs> Brit. Well, I
2: mean, oh man, did you did you see that game? I, I, I saw it the game. next night. Okay, uh,
1: I did not watch uh, Nuggets Lakers because I was uh, at at dinner, but I, I did yeah, watch the the Suns game.
2: Good I, I, I boy. The, I went to the ice house and saw some Jazz, but I I came home and uh, the um I I saw uh, began to see the Nuggets uh, game because that was the first one I would take. Mm-hmm and then in the morning i woke up and and just decided to skip the second half of the nuggets lakers and dive right into suns and uh warriors and well, kobe man uh how smart is he all of a sudden you talked you always were uh impressed with the fact that he could you know pick people at the four sometimes or try to pick people at the four you know You're letting them do it man and and not only that but he's cutting at right the right times he, the, there is so much gravity toward the perimeter on that team that he is camping out yep. uh, for putbacks and uh, and then later in the game he, you know he did the anti Kogi thing. He got the ball and went all the way to finish, which is something that never happens. <laughs> yeah, and, and he hit the huge
1: three with a minute left in the
2: game, too. and it was because he was so wide open. Chris Paul just left him. <laughs>
1: Just left of- him. <laughs> and
2: wouldn't you? I mean, yes. that's the thing. I mean, yes. 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 If, if you're going to leave anybody with a game on the line and a three-pointer necessary, Okoge like in the top 10% of people yeah. who leave that. And he And by then, he already had like 15 points. He did. So he, it was all gravy at that point. You knew he was going to shoot it with confidence. But he had a hell of a game. I will tell you, if Josh Okoge plays two-thirds that well on offense the rest of the season, then my son's hate is going to look worse and worse. Well, that,
1: that's what I was going to I was going to say. Like actually watching a game of Phoenix, and you were very low on that team comparatively yeah. coming in. Yeah. Any that any change in your? Well, I mean, they
2: didn't have Beal. I actually think that the redundancy is an issue. I think when they put too many of those great shooters on the floor, they are going to be worse. Mm-hmm. I think you put you play all three of those guys. It's a mistake. Right. Uh, and so the fact that they didn't have to, at least that's my rationale now. I mean, you know, if they all three, on. Well, over three. there's
1: going to be, I, I just saw a uh, sham street come through that says Beal is again, not playing tonight and, Booker also isn't playing tonight, <laughs> so it's already begun.
2: Right, right. It's already begun. did you talk about load management? But I mean, I, I the Thunder. Uh, you know, my, my I, watched,
1: I haven't even like really looked at box scores. I just I, I watched the Wolves game twice, and the the, the, the Thunder game. looked good.
2: The Kings looked very good against Utah. Uh, I mean, I went to bed when they were up like eighteen, but I assume mm-hmm. they won. Um, and I the, I'll tell you the Kings I I'm I'm that if there's any team that I'm beginning to have misgivings about, it isn't the Suns, it's the fact that I I don't even I think I had the Kings like in the play-in and mm. uh, wow. and you know they Sabonis Sabonis uh led a fast break and uh, did a behind the back dribble without breaking stride and had to be yeah. fouled.
1: Rudy's done that, Rudy's done that, man. <laughs> no, not this way, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rudy, and, and, had, Rudy yeah. had another little break last
2: night, too. Oh, that was awful. Hey, it was a good steal, it was a good steal, and that's really exactly where it should have ended, yeah. you know. <laughs> Stole the ball. It was like a Kogi. Looked up. At, uh, did you? I tweeted he o kogi'd it. Oh, I literally that? said that. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, see no, that. he o, he o kogi'd it. And I mean, he needed to just stand up straight, look around, and find a guy who could dribble better than he could and mm-hmm. get him the ball. You know, that's again, you know, so often if this team, um, continues to shoot itself in the head rather than the foot, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, mean I, 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 I hope it's an aberration, but it, it that level of, of intellectual dysfunction on the court mm-hmm. is, um, that was, I, I wasn't ready for that. I really wasn't. I, I think there is a chance
1: that, you know, you and I are talking a week from now, on on Thursday, and we go, yeah, the Toronto matchup was just actually a really bad matchup, which doesn't isn't totally right. forgiving of all that. Like no, no, no. You need to I be able to saying. solve that. Like that's that's what I'm talking. When right. I say I think this is gonna be a good regular season team and not a playoff team, it's because there's these certain areas that you can pick at. And I think Toronto naturally picks at many of those areas that the Wolves are weak at, right? right. So you know if a week from now they've beaten miami they've went into atlanta and won and maybe and then on right, wednesday right. they they played denver tough right right like you you come out and you go okay those were three teams that they match up significantly better than toronto even though toronto's the worst team of that whole bunch right. I, I would say um that that's just the interesting thing about this funky team yeah. and this funky roster is mm-hmm certain teams are, are going to be a problem with that. That's the glass half full. That's the optimistic look as we go. And, and that
2: okay. has to be, that's the glass half full right now. Certainly what I remember, I remember, uh, I remember when um they lost to the Spurs like twice in three games in the first five weeks or three weeks of the season. And we were saying, well, you know, at, it's a new lineup, and Popovich is a, a master at you know getting the most out of his team and figuring something out. But right. I mean, in retrospect, no, the Spurs were a bad team all year. It was just a bad, bad.
3: They it ran. had nothing. It had nothing. They just,
2: nothing. Ran. They just it ran. had nothing to do mm-hmm. with anything other than the fact that the the Minnesota Timberwolves were dysfunctional, and that. Um, I, I still think, despite all the, and that you can regard this as a silver lining or as uh, more grist for the you know the bile. But you know, essentially, if they had just played within themselves and within the structure a little bit, they would have won that game by a couple of buckets.
1: You know, well, uh, again, and uh, I've said this many times now, like the double big look was 5% better, you win that game. If Ant is a little bit more efficient, you win that game. If you get back in transition a little bit more in that third quarter when you got boat raced, you win that game. So it's the flaws and the things I think we're picking at are real. Yes. That doesn't mean they're going to lose all those every game. You know They had right. those same issues last season, oftentimes extrapolated, s- extrapolated in a way that it was even worse, and they still won 42 games. Right. So, like, it, they can be bad at kind of all three of those things all season. Mm-hmm. Not all at the same time, probably. And 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 still should win more games than they lose. Right. But let me
2: um, – the thing that I always want to push back on when I hear people say that, and you're not guilty of this nearly as much as other people are – is this, they still won 42 games without Cat for 50 games, and without this, hey, not having Cat for 52 games didn't matter. Mm. They were a 500-team with them. They were a 500-team without them. There's a yeah. reason for that. They didn't have the problem of the two bigs together for 50 games, too, as well as the advantages of that.
1: What you know, I'm saying is that that dysfunctional stuff takes away the ceiling.
2: Uh-huh. Yes, that's a very good point. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying
1: they can be a 500 team because they have so much talent. Right. Even. I, I agree. I agree with that. Last year. That. Being and and if that
2: is again, if that's what happens again this year, then things will change dramatically. I mean, mm-hmm. they can't, they can't say with a straight face, we're going to run it back, you know? <laughs> and so. Uh, we got 81 more games. Yeah. we got 81 more games. And I think. Quite honestly, you've got maybe 25 of them. Uh it was always Finch's number. Yeah. And, uh before you just say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. maybe And this- I agree with
1: that. I, yeah. I do agree with that. Like you do need to see all the stuff for right. for 25 games to And then when you do, if it's
2: still not there, if you are still
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh adding four and four and getting seven, then <laughs> It's time to do something about it. Well, you know, you
1: know what? It's time to do then is like it, what they did last season was okay, it's been 25 games and four and four equals seven, but X, Y, and Z. And Carl was sick in training camp and Rudy right. and all these things, right, right. all true things. But if it, it, it it just can't be, it can't be excuse listing again. Yes, exactly. if, if, if it gets to that point, let's get to that point first, you know. Fair um, enough. For now, uh the silver line in the glass half full. Let's see if this was a bad matchup. Let's see if it this was first game jitters, all that sort of stuff. I mean, or i, I think a learning possible. experience. Best yeah, of yeah. All,
2: best saying. of all, it's like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we should have won that game. How many times are we gonna do this? Think of all the games we should have won last year. Mm-hmm. It stops here. You know, yep. we start to play more intelligently, we start to understand what teams are trying to take away from us and don't play into their hands, um, you know, and we- instead barrage them. That's what this
1: yeah. team did last year when they were good It was like, they got out by 20. Right. Cause it clicks when it clicks, it clicks in a lot of different ways, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I could, you know, home opener, all that sort of stuff, catching a little bit of that mm-hmm. rhythm, like, I, I could see that happening where it's like oh here we are in the second quarter and the Wolves are on a
2: twenty to six run, you right? Know, I,
1: I, th- that is absolutely guess, especially against a
2: tired Miami team, right? I
1: mean, absolutely, I almost expect it. You right. know, I think I think I would I, I mean I would take the Wolves to to beat Miami on Saturday. I don't mm-hmm. know what that I mean in part because of the the back to back for them. Yeah, it's a trap game, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's it maybe a double trap in, in some ways. But, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, we, we just we just got to see it a little bit more. We got it. What I'm going to be doing all year, and I I think I'm doing it, did it with last night's game, is ask myself what was good, and what was sustainable. What what happened that was good, and I believe can be sustained. What was bad, and I believe will sustain as bad. You know, and and those. Those are the questions we now do have a, like we can go off of last year. Right. And and when the transition was transition defense was bad last night, it's reasonable to assume that the transition defense will remain bad mm-hmm. because it seems like something that is sustaining. Right. Right. And the, the things that do work, Carl at the five or defending in the half court, they were awesome when it wasn't right. transition. They were an awesome defensive team. I, I take that as last night as something that will sustain because right. they did that last season, you know. Let's let, let's think about those those things that way. I think that's the healthiest way to to do this. Because it would be wrong to to negate it. Just be like, oh, you know, first game, whatever, Carl. Right. Or they're figuring it out. That would be wrong. And it's also wrong. I mean, if we're trying to look at this logically, to go one game, all right, trade cat. You know, which oh yeah, absolutely. I'm hearing both of those things from the million well, texts I got last true. night. Yeah, now,
2: that's you know. That's the fan horde, you know. There's a hive mind in fans that um, I always tune out. I mean, I respect their opinion, but we we operate in two different worlds. I make that clear every time, you know. I laugh at people saying we're you know we're destined, we're martyrs for the life, you know. I'm just well, you know, you, you know, you could always do something else with your life. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I feel like. Conley needs to become more of a settler mm-hmm. in the, you know, I, I, I am repeating myself, but it's because I'm trying to speak him into existence. I really do think that he doesn't, his usage needs to rise to like 18 or something. I I'm, I'm sure it was below that last night. I, and uh, he just needs to settle this team down. If he has, the ball on a pick and roll out on the perimeter. I like this team's chances of scoring. However, it happens. Yeah, you know. And how often did we see that last? So we saw mm-hmm. it in the first half a little bit. We didn't see it in the third half, second half at all, third quarter at all. Right. That didn't. did the offense constantly feel hurried to no purpose? Mm-hmm.
1: Which is, and I and I think a lot of that is on Mike. Yeah, and, and I like that you're pointing at the a player on the team who has this super high Q score, right? And we're assigning blame there too. Whereas we're assigning blame to Carl as well, who doesn't have that, that Q score for whatever right. reason. And I would say to Nas as well, who, I mean, I think Mike and Nas are like the two, I mean, hand to side, <laughs> like the most universally just kind of everyone's on their side all the time. right? right? Sure. Well, Mike needed to do better at managing the offense and Nas needed to take a deep breath. And and control. I mean, and, and part of his game thrives on chaos, but a big part of his games gets derailed by chaos as well. This is not just about Carl and Rudy and Ant. Right, it isn't. Right, Be- right. It, and I know, like m- most teams, it is about the big three in in many ways. Because this big three is weird. It's about the connecting pieces. We learned that last year with Kyle Anderson, right. and we we in a positive way with Kyle Anderson. We learned that right. in a negative way with Jalen Noel, like.
2: And how D'Angelo do, Russell.
1: And exactly. How do these things around the big three click in? Um, I think that makes it that, that makes a huge difference. And I'm also open minded uh to the obvious absence of Jaden having a, a different yes. impact on that. What if Jaden gets six of his little cutter buckets in the in the first quarter when the only thing that was happening was ant scoring? You know, Jaden isn't just a point of attack defender. He's a 40% three-point shooter and a low-usage
2: bucket getter. And what if all the times that Cat did his upfakes and then looked around the court and then threw in the triple-covered Rudy Gobert, there was Jaden McDaniels yeah, okay. playing off Cat the way he does so well, you know? That's all true. of a sudden, it's a dime for Cat and a mm-hmm. bucket for Jaden, and both of them are feeling really good about themselves because those are the two things mm-hmm. that make both of them, like, say, hey, Grady, you know, I mean, I've right. I got, I got something that Is extra tonight? You know. Yeah, Uh, they
1: they had no extra last night. They got nothing. They got no extra from Nikhil. They got very little extra from Shake Milton. You know what happened
2: to Nikhil Alexander Walker? I mean, I don't know. The guy, uh, he just got. He got. He got muscle. It's the shot. No, no.
1: Well, okay. I'm just saying, offensively, that is what makes him special this year. Is Uh a high volume catch and shoot three point shooter. Right. And if he's hitting those at, like, 37 38 39%, right. that is a hell of a player on a $4.5 million contract. right? But, uh, I mean, you know what I feel about th- that shot. Like, right. that is the Maybe. type of shot that is going to go in in bunches, and it's going to go
2: out in bunches. I never trust it. people who can't see the ball as they shoot. No. <laughs> Seriously. And, I mean, isn't and, that weird? And, and we both cop to the, like, we – you yeah, know, we, we watched, we watched won't the first two. The week. idea that we don't know what we're talking about after yeah. like, a shot. You know?
1: Yeah, but, it, it, but it's now today
2: we do. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a it's a funk. I mean, I, I think he's going to get, particularly when the ball movement is back, Nikhil is going to get so many clean three point looks on this team. And that is a great, like, extra little thing to, to add into the offense that saves you a possession of somebody needing to barrel their head down or. Someone desperately trying to make an entry pass into Rudy. Like you can cut some of those down and have some of the low usage guys, the Jaden cuts, the Nikhil corner threes, that stuff. It, it just takes the emphasis off of the obvious emphasis points, and none of that was was there in Game One, and they still, again, only only lost by three points. So I'm I'm not freaking out about it. I, no. I'm really not. The the I mean macro. I'm um, I remain what i felt about the carl and rudy thing forever right you know um, too. but but we know this team can still win more games than it loses or about the same <laughs> Win as many <laughs> games as
2: it loses well, I mean, yeah. what we know is that um they have not worked through all of their demons mm. that certainly happened last night and we just have to hope that you know, it's like the boat you find in the beginning of the season. You thought you had f- totally cleaned it out. Well, you needed one more scour. You know, yep. and now the boat's good. You know, maybe it's that way, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it needed scouring last night, and uh, it was painful to watch.
1: Well, let's see what it uh, let's see what it looks like on Saturday. Uh, Britt and I will both be there uh, at Target Center to to take it in. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a night to night thing with this team where I think yep. again I want to caution myself of not over getting into one side of things or the other. It's a cliche. It's it's the marathon not a sprint. Uh step 2 is is against uh, what will likely be a tired but still very physical uh Miami team. So I'm excited to watch that. Um Especially if they lose to Boston, they're going to be dangerous. Yes, I would agree with that. Um We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I will be back to talk with Chris about that on Monday morning. So obviously, you know, the game's on Saturday night. We're not going to record on Sunday. Uh, But that will be next up uh, in your feed on Monday. We'll talk a little Wolves heat uh, before the Wolves head to Atlanta for for game three. Uh, Britt, appreciate you doing it. If you guys want to check out Britt's season uh, preview, which has elements of it that were proved very uh, prescient, um and, and how, how game one went, check that out, uh, over at MinPost. Post. Both of us have uh, tweeted out links to that. So um find that, give that a read. And uh yeah, until Monday with Chris, he's Britt follow him on Twitter at Brit Robson. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. Uh, until Monday with Chris, peace out.
3: Yeah, yeah. Don't
2: let ever out, bring you down, yeah. Be dancing like nobody else around